Welcome to Poshemaka. Today we have with us Annie Elise. Uh, hey Annie, welcome to Poshemaka. Hi, thanks for having me. It's an honor to be here. Uh, so the first thing that I was, when I was like looking at your stuff and um, just going through your music, YouTube channel, all of that, um, I think the first thing that I saw, maybe most people will see is your stuff. all the stuff that you have that's kind of inspired by your synesthesia and i think that's really really cool uh it's really interesting how visuals tie into um auditory stuff right so explain to me what that is like like just walk me through how your mind works <laughs> all right um so synesthesia if you're not familiar with it it's a neurological condition where two or more sensory pathways of the brain are connected um so in my case that's my my auditory sense and my my visual sense so i end up physically seeing sounds and hearing color um which is pretty much exactly what it sounds like um i don't know like if you rub your eyes really hard when you have them closed and then you open them you kind of like see leftover little i don't know colors floating in the sky and that's kind of what it looks like for me all the time um yeah they're they're just kind of there <laughs> when i hear sounds when i um yeah my, i mean when i hear sounds so like um when i'm listening to a song or when i'm listening to someone talk i'll, I'll see them about like an arm's length in front of my face and then when i'm also producing my music i use it a lot too it's kind of a nice tool to be able to physically see what's going on rather than just relying on your ears um yeah so sometimes i'll be like making a song and i'll be like something is missing what is missing and i'll give it a listen and realize that like there's no yellow <laughs> or like the blues are kind of flat and they need to be i don't know sharper like pointier so um and and i can't really explain to you what that directly translates to but to me it's like okay this is the problem to fix and i'm going to tweak sounds until that problem is fixed and i'll be able to know when it's fixed when you know there's yellow or the blues are triangles now or something like that. I don't know if that makes any sense. I probably sound like a crazy fool. <laughs> no, that sounds really really interesting and it really piques my curiosity. So, do you use that um when you're trying to achieve a certain emotion? Do you have certain colors in your mind that you're like, okay, this emotion to me represents so and so colors and these colors translate to so and so sounds? 
I guess works? kind of on a general level, that is kind of how it works. Um, except that my colors aren't really tied into emotion. They're purely a response to whatever it is that I'm hearing. Um, sometimes I'll be inspired by something and I'll kind of um, create sounds that create colors. Wow, that's a long way to phrase that. I'll create sounds that create colors that kind of are in the same color family as that. Like dark blue is one of my favorite colors to use in production. And that for me is always like a C sharp. Um, so I write a lot of my songs in C sharp minor. <laughs> um, and I think it's just because I like the dark blue. Um, yeah, I keep my studio lights on dark blue a lot. It's a, it's a good color. I really like it. <laughs> that's amazing. I think this is the first time I've heard anyone say Dark blue is my favorite color to produce. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it really is. Dark blue is a great color. Um, it's, 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 it's crazy the way you just said that. Like, dark blue is my favorite <laughs> color to produce. Yellow, probably not, you know. Like, it's crazy. And I think that's what makes you unique. And I'm just, I'm listening to you right now. And my brain is, like, trying to process this and trying to, like, convert this into simple language that, a non-synesthesia <laughs> person can understand because it's crazy this whole new world that you live in right and it's kind of difficult for me to understand but it also is like wow that's so cool yeah i guess it does sound a little funny at times um i have not before funny, been like definitely not funny at all <laughs> it sounds super super cool like i want to have that you know uh, yeah, I mean, like, before I have had to turn things off, I'd be like, oh my goodness, that beeping outside, like, I need to stop that, that boisterous red. And they're like, what? <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> um, yeah, so sometimes, um, like, if a sound is really overwhelming, like an, a beeping coming from outside, um, uh, it will kind of affect me more than I think it will affect a lot of people that don't have synesthesia um, because in addition to it just annoying my hearing senses it's also annoying my eyes um, and sometimes if it gets to be too much it'll kind of send me into what they call sensory overload where like everything is just too much all of a sudden my brain can't process everything that's coming in it kind of gets confused with all the signals um, I don't know if that makes any sense but like if I walk into an arcade you know with all the flashing lights and this noises and none of them are related at all um, I cannot stay there for very long. Um, I'll start to, I don't know, the sounds create colors, which create sounds, which create colors. And it's it turns into a feedback loop rather than something that just exists. Uh, kind of gets a little hard to manage. Interesting. Really, really interesting. I think that's also something, I don't know if um, this is connected, but your reels have a lot of colors in them like the background <laughs> lights and all of that they do yeah. yeah um i i always put like a little purple effect on my videos because purple is the color of my voice uh, my hair is purple um so on every video i put on instagram there's like this app that kind of will add a little color trail to it and i always go back in and add purple um just because it is my voice color <laughs> interesting very very interesting and yeah, now that I mentioned reels, I, I definitely have to mention that you're probably <laughs> Berkeley's official Instagram reels queen. Oh my uh, goodness. You, you've officially mastered that uh, content format. So how is it how is it like for you adapting to that new content format and just using that? And you're you've been putting out so much content just through these reels. What's your process creating them? How do you have fun with them? and why reels what why do you why do you think that's your favorite is that your favorite content format and why do you use that more than just 
regular posts. Ah, uh, all right, I got you. So this is actually requires some backstory. So I did not set out to create reels. Reels kind of found me. <laughs> this that sounds so weird. But all right, so I've had a TikTok account for a while. I think all of us have been on on TikTok at some point. And around the time of the new year, um, on Instagram and TikTok for the month of January, I was doing this challenge called hashtag January where the goal is to create a new song every single day of January. Um, they don't have to be very long, just kind of a creative exercise to make sure that you can output something every day and feel good about it. And it was a really great challenge for me. I learned a lot about production. And I think halfway through the month, I started um, asking other people to like sing over them or play guitar over them. That was a lot of fun. And I would edit a video each day for them too. And because they were only like a minute long, they were perfect for TikTok. So I started putting them up on TikTok and I guess people liked them more than I expected them to. Um, because people started following me. I was like, oh my goodness, people I don't know are following me on TikTok. That's kind of cool. Um, and so I, after after January, I was about to say January, after the month and January, we're both over, um, I kind of continued to put stuff up because people were really interested in the type of music I was creating, which was really cool to have people be a fan of my music. Like that's, that's the first time that's ever happened. Um, and then it all came to a peak around the first week of February when driver's license had just come out. Um, there was this driver's license challenge that you could do. It's like the time warp face. And the, the idea is that you sing driver's license while ignoring your phone and it makes a funny face. I was like, oh, this is fun. I'll just do it for fun. I think I literally did it in the two minutes before my next class. And then after class, I checked my TikTok and it had a lot of views and likes and comments. I was like, what this is the content that went viral not my entire month of like making original songs every day um but i was like okay i guess we're gonna go with it so after that happened my tiktok really grew i got like 10,000 followers like that it was crazy and i didn't even like the video like i really don't think there's any value to what i posted but hey i mean you don't decide what goes viral on tiktok but after that happened people started migrating over to my instagram and um, I had been like putting my TikToks up on Instagram reels for a little while um, just because it's the same type of content. Reels is kind of the knockoff TikTok and the, the TikToks were doing way better than the reels. So then I got, <laughs> I kind of stopped posting on Instagram. It had been uh, like, cause I, I was doing a song every day and then I kind of took a break cause I could not keep up with a song every day outside of the challenge. Like one month was enough. Um, and so I put up a reel talking about sexism in the music industry, just a really simple microaggression. Um, you know, like when you walk into the studio and I, I work as an engineer at Berkeley and someone's like, hey, can you take my guitar and set it up for me while we wait for the engineer? And then I'm like, oh, I'm the engineer. And that was it. That was the reel. Like nothing too simple. Just me pointing out a microaggression that um, I don't know. I think people should be aware to not do <laughs> consciously. Has that happened to and you? Yes, it's definitely based on a true story, which made me really mad because then that reel went way more viral than all of my TikToks. I think it's currently at 2 million views. Like, I don't know why why it happened. But um, the interesting part to me was that most of the comments, like over half of the comments were people either saying this didn't happen or like sexism doesn't exist in the music industry. You're just like being butthurt or oh, they just like didn't know you were the engineer or like, 
you're not special, something like that. I, I even had like messages telling me like kill myself and my nose was ugly. Like it was just really kind of exhausting. Um, but I don't know, that kind of content was like the fact that that is what ended up going viral and that it got the negative response that it did made me think like, wow, this is something I need to keep doing. Like if if this is a way for me to talk about microaggressions and get people to think about them, even if people are upset about them, um, because, you know, it caused all sorts of fights in the comments section. Um, but the fact that it happened made me think like, huh, maybe I need to do more. So I started a little series on on Reels and TikTok called Don't Be Sexist Part Whatever. I think we're up to like part nine now or something. Um, but the content has kept growing. It kept resonating with people. And it's started a lot of discussions with my artist friends about what sexism looks like in the music industry and how... Um, if it's not something you experience, you can't possibly know what it is like. And it's not really your place to talk about what is or is not a microaggression in, in sexism, which is the biggest thing that I learned probably from from that reel. Sorry, this is a really long answer. But no, um, no. I, love I would answer. say that, yeah, like because all of those things happened, I feel like I have to keep doing it. I feel an obligation to be a person that continues to speak about this because it is a really big problem. And um I think you probably saw the last recent, uh, I think Grammy, you did, they sponsored uh, a study and found that only about 2.6% of producers in the music industry are female. And that is way too low a number. Um, like I, I, and they're like, oh, well, just more women don't go into it because more women don't go into it. Like you, you wouldn't question that, like a, a, there are male nurses too. They're in the minorities. That's sexism. And to that, I would say like, no, that's, that's not sexism at all. Like if you have a male nurse, you're not going to question that the male nurse is your nurse. Whereas if you have a female engineer, people are like, oh, so you're the engineer. Like this is the engineer. I feel like the problem is that women have to work so much harder to be taken as seriously, um, which is the problem. Like I have no doubt that I know what I do and that I can do something for you. But for someone else to take me seriously requires more effort on my part than I think it would for someone who is not female or non-binary, if that makes any sense. Um, yeah. Now we're kind of broaching a different topic. But um, no. the short answer is that um, I, I like that content now because of how easy it is to share and how easy it is to get such a simple point across in little time because people's attention spans are really short. So talking about sexism in 30 seconds is something that people can take the time to listen. Whereas if I make a 15 minute YouTube video about it, um, people are less likely to sit down and listen to the whole thing, especially if they get angry, then they're not going to listen at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're so right about that. And I mean, I would ask you what your experience is with sexism as, as far as Berkeley or as far as being a producer or concerned I mean but I think I know the answer to a certain degree myself just looking at the ratio of female to male producers or students mm -hmm. that are part of the EPD MPNE major and it's interesting um, because I noticed in a lot of your reels as well all the producers that you were collaborating with majority of them were males you're right you're right yeah um i know at berkeley like there are many of my production classes where i am the only girl or if not one of like two like it's 
the ratio is so off it's not even funny and I know that Berkeley's like taking some action to kind of work on that because they recognize it's a big problem and whoever graduates like from Berkeley's programs that's who's going out into the real world and is going to be doing these things and so I really applaud Berkeley for that but there's definitely a long way to go until it's uh, all the way fixed so I guess that's one example Um, just oh another one is it feels so weird to ask for help as a female trying to learn production because <laughs> because if you ask for an answer, you get treated as stupid or they mansplain to you way no, no, more than you need to know. Yeah, like if I'm like, um, oh, how did you want these labeled? They'll be like, oh, well, to label them, you have to go into this program. And like, no, I know how to label them. I just want to know how you want them labeled because you are the engineer and I need to know, um, like something like that. Um, or they'll just take it from you and then like do it for you. Yeah, they'll take it and do it. They'll be like, oh, don't worry. I got it. Like, no, I can do it. I'm perfectly capable of labeling things for you. I just need like this super or or another one. When you're setting up a drum set and you ask them audience perspective or drummer's perspective, that's like a really common thing to ask. And I've had times where they'll be like, oh, well, drummer's perspective is this. I'm like, no, I know what it is. I just want to know how you want it set up. Um, and I feel like if I, I feel like that wouldn't happen if I wasn't a female, like, because it would be kind of widely understood that I knew the difference between those two things, rather than me just asking which one you want. I don't know if that makes any sense. It's probably a bad example, because not many people know the difference between drummers and, well, okay, I'll tell you real quick. So a drummer's perspective is when you set up the drums panning wise, like you're the drummer. Audience is when you set it up like you're the audience. So like, drummer's perspective audience the snare would be on the left audience wait drummer's perspective it would be on the left and audience it would be on the right yeah so it's like you're you're here or you're here right basically and it's the producer's job to make that decision so if i'm engineering a session i need to know (laughs) which one you want yeah yeah got it i think it's just a sort of a cause and a consequence and partly also a self-fulfilling prophecy where women are told that you are this and then they tend to believe that they're that you know, that they're not capable or that they're not, um, maybe this is not a field that they should explore because society tells them that this isn't where they belong, you know. And it's great that you are breaking that barrier and that you are, you know, I don't think there is Thank a barrier you. to be broken. I think you should just do whatever you want to do and more power <laughs> yeah, to that's you for what I'm doing saying. that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> for sure. For sure. Yeah. And yeah, finally, I just want to talk to you about uh, your upcoming music and your song Open Eyes, uh, which I absolutely love. The production was brilliant. And uh, yeah, I think I think I tend to hear this really um, unique style of yours. Um, I think the, the, the electronic sounds maybe comes from your uh, synesthesia just like what you want to hear the colors that you want to hear <laughs> all of that um, yeah, yeah uh, my sound has before been described by people as kind of maximalist like I love to throw a lot of things in it's there boomy and, I, and it's big and I love that I love it it's beautiful I do too it creates so many amazing colors for me um, which I think is why I do it yeah but yeah, I'm really yeah. glad to hear that you like it <laughs> yeah that's great so yeah walk me through uh, like you know uh all the next uh, projects that you have lined up? What are you doing right now? What are you going to do in the future? Anything that you yeah. want people to know about? <laughs> all right. So um, after the reels took off, I decided that now would be a good time to kind of 
um, start working more on my artist project, um, which is Annie Lease. And I've put out music under the name before, but before I'd always kind of defined myself as a producer engineer. And now I'm starting to define myself more as like an artist producer, which is um, like produce music for myself and also other people, which is really exciting and also terrifying, like to have to be both people. Well, not to have to be both, but to have to promote myself um like we talk a lot in production about the difference between the producer and the artist is that the artist is in charge of promotion and i am learning so much about promotion there's so much that i don't understand or know and there's so many people that are so good at it and mad respect to them um but what's going to happen next is i've been working on a new batch of songs a lot of them inspired by the january project so i kind of use those as demos and they're going to turn into some full full releases which i'm really excited about probably in the next few months um so i've got that live shows are coming back i'm doing a stream show on april 3rd with the boston stream party which is going to be really fun um it's just a live show i got this new sampler so i'm gonna use that in the show sing along yeah. um yeah just kind of see how people resonate with the new batch of tracks so it's gonna be really fun i'm really excited about it mm-hmm. that's great that's great and uh yeah, finally, anything else that you want people to know that you want? Um, maybe, like you already mentioned, the whole sexism and all of that. Apart from that, just anything that you want people to be aware of, create awareness about, and just maybe if you had if you had the power, what would you change about this industry? You know, just one thing. Mm. Ah, well, that's a tough question. There are a lot of things I'd love to change about this industry, but... I think what I would change, I know it's not possible, but it would be great if discrimination just did not exist. Yeah, um, yeah I think that would make life easier for so many people. And it would also make getting into this industry not have like, I don't want to call it a paywall, but I don't know. It, it It's definitely easier for some people to get into than others. And I think if you come from a, a super privileged background, it ends up being a little easier. And I don't think that the music industry deserves that. I think we deserve to have all sorts of types of people who are really passionate about making and creating music um, to be a part of the industry. So that's probably what I would change. But um, if, if um, sexism in the music industry is something you're really passionate about, um, I would say that the number one thing you can do is to call people out when you see it happen, um, even if it's not something like blatantly obvious, even if it's something like starting to explain drummers and audience perspectives as someone who clearly knows the difference, um, like just call them out. Be like, dude, she knows what it is. Just which one do you want? Um, or if you're on social media and someone's like, oh, I hate your music, but you're very pretty. Be like, I love her music and she's very pretty. Like, just support them all the way. A lot of support goes a really long way into combating um, this thing. Because, like, if if people don't have any consequence, they're just going to keep doing it. And so being annoying and getting them to stop thinking that way is really helpful. Yeah. It kind of stops the flood of negative comments from happening, too. If people are like, oh, well, if I say that, I'm going to get attacked. Well, yeah, you're going to get attacked because... <laughs> because it's not right to say. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I agree. I think being I think people kind of hiding behind the anonymity of their screens just allows them to say whatever whatever they want to say and be mean about it. So when we create consequences not just when they're in person but also consequences when they're online on social media. Yeah, hold them accountable for what they say and, and what they think, um, yeah. especially if there's kind of a, a problem with those people. 
I don't know, thinking those things about the industry. It definitely doesn't help anyone. So if you see something, say something. Always. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Completely agree. And I hope that you grow and you reach great heights and you're able to represent women and female producers. And I really hope that more female producers follow your lead and we have a more equal industry and better percentages of representation over the next yeah that would be a dream years. come true i'm really hoping that soon uh, a female or non-binary person will win producer of the year the grammy awards did not happen this year um, i think six have been nominated and no one's ever won um so we'll see i'm waiting on that one <laughs> yeah for sure for sure but yeah, thank you so much for being a part of this episode. Um, definitely. Thank you so much for having me. No problem at all. We learned, I learned so much, so much. Uh, just, you know, listening to the stuff that you have to say. And um, there's definitely a lot of food for thought in all the things that you mentioned today. And I hope people can take back something from today's episode. So thank you so much, Annie. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I used to dream that you think of me the same way I do. Cause I know that I do. But now my open eyes seem to realize that it's not true. I guess it's not just you. Just you